Canine Cast number 19. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Canine Cast once again. This is Tara. And hey, it's Walter. Hi, we're coming to you um, after quite a big day um, over here in the United States. Hurricane Katrina caused all kinds of havoc uh, from Louisiana through Mississippi, Alabama, over into the Florida Panhandle. And it's supposed to be still heading north and carrying it with it some good amounts of rain, which will cause some problems in Tennessee and northward from there. So our, our thoughts and our prayers go out to everybody who's being affected by that right now. And one thing that we actually saw in in all of these disasters, there's all there's all kinds of heart of hardship and heartache, but occasionally you get to see something that is good and that kind of makes you smile. And today, Walter and I had the opportunity to see a little bit about that. Now, back back a while ago, Chris Daly from PodMusicCountdown.com sent us an interesting link and some information a while back about an animal or, an animal organization called Noah's Wish. And what this organization does is they help animals during disaster. Um, according to their website, they say, you know, what is Noah's Wish? Noah's Wish is a not-for-profit animal welfare organization with a straightforward mission. We exist to keep animals alive during disasters. That's it. They go on to explain that the reason why they do that and are not involved in other animal welfare issues is because they basically have seen that there are plenty of organizations that help out with other types of animal welfare, but there were no organizations that were just focusing on disaster relief work for animals. And in disasters, as we've seen today, everything um, gets, gets, it's so difficult. It gets so crazy. There's so much involved in just trying to keep people safe and alive that the, it's also as difficult, if not more so, to keep the animals safe. So Noah's Wish has stepped in to help do that, and they do that in a number of ways. They start from before the disaster even occurs, they will help evacuate animals, they will do that whether it's whether it's just um, something that they're doing beforehand just in case, whether it's a mandatory evacuation. Sometimes even if owners, say, are, are on vacation, come back to an evacuation situation, they may not be able to get in and get their animals. And a lot of times Noah's Wish volunteers can actually go do that because they go through training. They've done this for quite some time now, and they know what they're doing and they know how to actually do it safely. Now, they say that they came into existence in March of 2002, so they've been around for about three years now, and they have a network of volunteers from all over the country who help out not only in the United States, but will sometimes go overseas or work with other animal welfare organizations overseas. So they really help out worldwide, and it's absolutely amazing all the different things that they do, all the different ways that they help. Now, the founder and director is a woman named Terry Crisp, who Walter and I actually saw today. Um, I saw I saw her on a link from CNN's website, and Walter saw her on yeah, MSNBC. I was watching live, and 
here comes a story about the dogs. It was so funny because they kept repeating the same video over and over and over again, and I was about to turn off the video stream that I was monitoring at my office. And from MSNBC, here comes uh, Terry Chris from Noah's Wish. And I'm like, Noah's Wish? Oh, that's right. Tara had mentioned that a while ago, and they were talking about how they were helping this one woman who had showed up at the Superdome um, shelter with eight parrots, and they're trying to find placement for all all of these birds. And, you know, I can't imagine what it would be like to show up with eight of your most precious animals and be told that you can't take them with you, you know, in a time like that. I mean, who could find a home for eight parrots at once but this place like Noah's Wish? Well, it's it's really amazing because that that's one of the things that you have to kind of plan for is if you have any, any number of animals, be it one to eight to more than that, you have to you have to figure out a way to take care of them in case of a situation like this. And sometimes it's just not possible um, because of many different reasons to, to actually evacuate your animals beforehand. Now, a lot of the times with the shelters that are set up, animals are not allowed in the shelters, but that is one of the places where Noah's Wish steps in amazingly. What they tend to do is they will find some type of a temporary foster home for animals in a safe area and they will take those animals there and then even after the disaster a lot of times those animals will stay in foster homes for some amount of time if their owners are not able to go back to their homes and that can be a really really difficult decision so this is an amazing group that steps in and helps people get through they do they take one more thing off their mind they allow pet owners to know that their pets will be taken care of even when the owner may not be able to take care of them themselves. And they, they do so, so many different things to help out in disasters. As I said before, they start with the evacuations. They will help to evacuate animals, and then they will actually go, they will actually go all the way through. They will, they will hold on to the animals during the disaster. After the disaster is over, they will go out and find animals that are lost, hurt, injured, trapped, um, just just running around. And often after a disaster, that is what happens. There are a lot of loose animals. And, of course, they're very out of sorts because they've just been through this this disaster as well. And they, they, unfortunately, they don't know what's going on at all. It's pretty common that they get separated from their owners, even if the owners have done everything possible to keep the animals with them. So Noah's Wish steps in. They set up temporary shelters. They work with the um, humane societies and um, SPCAs and animal services in the area to hold on to homes for animals. They also work with a network of finding foster families in surrounding in surrounding areas, surrounding states, to find foster homes for all of these animals and hold hold on to them. In addition, they help with they help with making sure that the animals get food and get water, have the supplies that they need to take care of them, because after a disaster, it's difficult to find food and water for humans. It's equally difficult, if not more so, to find that for pets. So they step in and do that. And basic, basically everything from the very beginning to the very end, they offer veterinary services, anything that you can think of that animals might need to get as many animals through the disaster as possible and that they will be okay. Now, one thing that I found very interesting when I was actually watching the interview on CNN, 
um, Terry Crisp was talking about how a lot of times people in these situations, they're not able to take the dogs with them. They don't know what to do. And so they will, they will leave them behind. Now, in a situation where there's going to be flooding, that's not a good idea because the animal just gets trapped um, and, you know, has no opportunity to leave. And she says that if in the most desperate circumstances, um, first, of course, you would want to try contacting Noah's Wish and you can do that. They have a phone number and email information on their website. And of course, we will have that linked in our enhanced podcast and also on the website. You can contact them. They will help evacuate your animals. In the instance that that doesn't happen and you ha- you cannot take your animal with you and there's nothing else that there's nothing else that you can do, she says that you can, as a very last resort, let them loose to try to survive. Now, I found that to be very surprising. Very, Surprise me. Yeah, yeah. Very, very surprising that she actually said that. But when you think about it, of course, you know, all of course we here would rec- would recommend that you go through every single possible channel that you can to try to make sure that your pet is taken care of by somebody during any of these disasters but but yeah and if the if the choice is between putting them in a crate on the on the floor and basically you know trapping them in the hopes that they won't get out and hurt themselves or letting them go to a certain extent they can, you know, they can take care of themselves for a short amount of time. And the idea would be that hopefully they would be able to do that. And then Noah's Wish or your local animal services or somebody would be able to find them and catch them again afterwards. But but again, that would only be in the very, very most dire of circumstances. The best thing you can do, of course, in, in a disaster, if you know that it's going to come upon you like a hurricane, is to get out of there and to take your animals with you but also to have a contingency plan way, way in advance so you know exactly what's going on with your animals and can make sure that they are with you whenever possible. Um, but I do want you to know that there is, um, that there, that this is out there. So you can, number number one, um, it's, just, it's just really neat. But number two, you can actually get involved and do a lot of things to help out. They are always looking for volunteers at Noah's Wish, and they do quite a bit of training with the volunteers so that in the event of a disaster, these volunteers will know what to do. And they have them around the country. They're listed on their website when they are, so you can go, you can go ahead and talk to them and go to one of the training sessions if you would like to become a volunteer. They also have so so many different things that you can go that you can send them that they need they have a list on their website of their ongoing needs so things that they'll need all the time um which you know are a lot of the things that you would think of dog dog collars and cat collars um you know battery cages also some um some recordable cds um you know duct duct tape Hand sanitizer, all all kinds of di- different things. Anything that you can think of that might be helpful. Post-it notes are on here, so you can send you can um, send those to them. But they say to please contact them first because they have a they have basically the U.S. Um, separated into regions, and they will they have storage facilities in those regions, so they'll let you know um, where that donation should go, where it's where it's most needed, and will be most helpful. Uh, another thing that that you can donate is airline tickets or even mileage for airlines because they said that one of the biggest things that they spend money on 
is actually the airfare to get the member the members of their disaster response team, their volunteers, to the disaster site. Um, of course, um, you can also do gift certificates for their, for rescue equipment, which is which is kind of neat. Um, so that way you can send that to them, and then they can get. Oh, I like this one—an animal grasper <laughs> used to remove aggressive cats from cages or other confined places. Yes, yes. The the things that they have on here are are quite amazing. I mean, just all kinds of things that you. Can, can we get an animal grasper? <laughs> no, we cannot. <laughs> we do no no grasping our animals, and you know that's one of those things that you would probably want to go to the volunteer training before you ever tried to learn use, how to use one of those. Exactly, learn to use it safely and correctly um, before trying to use an animal grasper or a catch-all pole for for capturing and controlling aggressive dogs. I don't like they spell that with a K. It's like the catch-up pole. Well, yeah, and it, and that's it, enough jokes. In any case, they have. I mean, they they even have animal stretchers. This is serious. We're talking about animals that need help. Well, yes, yes, but it's it, the the equipment. It's it's really amazing. All the different. Oh, the things animal that they stretcher have. is so cute. Yes, you guys got to go to the website and see this. It's very. In fact, the enhanced sweet. podcasters are seeing this right now. That's right. We'll have we'll have it enhanced on there for you. Podcast receivers. And then it just it go, it goes on gasoline gift cards, phone cards, um, gift certificates for stores, and they have a list of stores there that can help. And of course, um, monetary donations help help very very much as well. They do they do um, some vet services for these animals, so um, money basically can be used for anything. It can be used for equipment they need. It can be used for veterinary services um, for any anything else. So they have they have those listed there, and they have a um, a thing for how you can actually contact them, and they have they have the different regions split up so that you can contact you can find out which region you're in and contact that region coordinator. But it's re- it's really amazing what they've put together here, and that they've put it together um, that they're so organized after just three years of doing this. So it's a really really neat organization, and I highly recommend that you go ahead and look at them, see who they are, and what they do. So that you so that you know about this um, this organization that's out there, this really really wonderful resource um, that's doing so much to take care of animals at a time when um, the people that love them the most maybe can't. So check out that website, and if you are at, at all inclined, then please do contact them to get involved or to donate to this organization that's done so much, but also right now could probably use um they could probably use any donations and would probably love to have some more volunteers to help out in future disasters such as this one now to change tack a little bit um, there is a certain training technique that i use that i absolutely absolutely love and i was very surprised when i found out that we've done this many canine casts and i still haven't brought it up so it's something kind of simple to implement with your dog and in my opinion, probably does more to help you to help your dog be you know well behaved as well as giving them you know a very positive attitude adjustment whenever needed. So uh, without further ado, what I'm talking about is what I call the 30 minute downstay. Now I've, I've seen it mentioned a number of different places and they've all called it all different things. but basically all that you do is you, tell your dog to lay down on the ground and stay there for 30 minutes. And it's amazing the change that that will make in your dog. And it's, these are all positive changes. 
It helps make your dog calmer. It may, helps make your dog more responsive to you. And basic, basically, I guess it's it's 30 minutes of your dog sitting there meditating on the fact that they are staying for you because you told them to. Because, you know, it's, it's probably a very, um, a very pack-oriented thing and reinforces you as the alpha. So... If you are not already doing this, or if your dog does not have a strong stay, that's that's fine. I can tell you how to do it. And as a matter of fact, with me, this is one of the first things that dogs normally learn whenever they stay at my house for any reason, whether they be my dogs or whether they be a stray that is hanging out with us for a few days or what have you. And just to give you an idea of what a change this can make, one time Walter and I picked up a stray German Shepherd who was with us for a few days while we were looking for his owner. And this dog was just out of control. He thought that um, walks were a great time to release the shoulder from its socket. Um, my shoulder, not his. He, th- he, um, ha- he really had no, no response to any of the you know, general commands, sit, um, or anything like that. He was, ju- he was just a wild, wild dog. Very nice, but very, very active and completely undisciplined. So I started teaching him the downstay, and about two days after he was with us, he had the downstay and could do it for half an hour. And the next two days that we had him, he was a compl- almost a completely different dog. He was lovely and calmed down. Went from went from at first at first we kind of had him outside, so we didn't know how he'd act in the house. But then, as soon as he ca- calmed down a little bit after. A couple of days we went ahead and, well, and also we had to bring him to the vet first. So we couldn't let our dog around him until he went to the vet. So at that point we went ahead and brought him inside and he would just kind of come hang out with us and be a nice, good, calm dog. And and make howling sounds whenever you heard police sirens. Well, yes. I th- the first time we found that out, it was so funny. Yeah, we were actually watching Harold and Maud and all of a sudden he starts howling in it. So we So we stopped the tape and... We're kind of looking at him, and he's he's not upset. He just howled. We're like, okay, and he, so we stop the 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 cassette, and he stops howling. So we say, okay, well that's fine. Um, turn it back on to continue watching our movie. Immediately, immediately starts again. So we're saying, what is this? So the mo- so the movie goes on, and he stops. So we think, okay, I, we guess he heard something or whatever. Later on in the movie, there's another. An, another siren sound. I think one was a one was a cop, and the other one is an ambulance, something like that. And don't you know he started it back up again? So it was it was quite amusing um, having this howling dog sitting very calmly in our and house. It was like a constant howl as long as the siren was going, he was going. It was unreal. It was it was great, very very entertaining. I mean, I've actually heard that a lot of German shepherds do that. And it has something to do with what the with um, the what do they do sirens. inside of the cop cars if they're canine? Well, I guess I guess they're trained. I guess they're trained that it's okay. But apparently, it's annoying to their ears or something along the, that effect. Maybe they use the earplugs that we talked about in Canine Cast episode four. <laughs> maybe, or whatever. Maybe so. You don't know. But anyway, we digress. Um, the point the point of the the point of the down and stay and how to do it is basically what you're going to do is you're going to put your dog in a down position. People do this a number of different ways, and whatever whatever way whatever way you do that is fine. You can go ahead and do that in your way. Uh, if your dog already knows down, then that's great. You can just tell them, and they will. Now, for the stay part, when you're when you're wanting to do a stay, normally what you would do is you would start out very slowly, 
and just have them there for a short amount of time and then let them up. However, for the 30-minute downstay, it's a little bit different. What you are going to do is the very first time that you do it, you are going to stay with your dog and you're going to make sure that they retain that position for the full 30 minutes. So I suggest that you pick a television program or something because that's a good 30-minute timer. Go ahead and sit down on the floor with your dog, put them in their down. Eventually, they will probably get back up, depending on how much you've worked with your dog on this before. That may be a second later. It may be a few minutes later. Whenever they get back up, go ahead and just put them back in that down position. Now, you don't want to treat the down position after they've gotten up without you giving them their release word or telling them that it's okay to get up. Um, because then a lot of dogs will catch on and say, oh, okay, I can keep getting up and she'll tell me down and I get my treat. Yay. That's not exactly what we're going for here. Just go ahead, put them back in their down position. Um, you can go, you can go ahead and kind of calmly pet them while they're there. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, but go ahead and make sure that they go back into that down position. The first time you do this, they may pop up every couple of seconds for a very, very long time. That's okay. That's because they're learning. Just keep, just keep putting them in that down position. And the trick is for you to be persistent. And you go ahead and keep putting them in that down position for the whole 30 minutes. And if they get up, you know, over and over for the 30 minutes, then okay, then they do. And you put them back in the down position and they've gotten up and down during the whole 30 minutes. So what you want to do, though, is at the end, when they actually are going to get up and be done, you want to give them that release word or tell them that it's okay for them to get up. That's the first day. The second day, you go ahead and do the same thing. And what you'll probably what you'll probably see happen fairly rapidly is that they'll catch on that you want them in that down position and they'll just kind of go, okay, and they'll kind of lay there. If they fall asleep, that's fine. A lot of them will, and that's fine so long as they keep that position until you tell them that it's okay to get up. And there's nothing wrong with you sitting there spending time with them either. Just whenever they get up, replace them in that position. And if you do that, if you do that every single day for a week, you will probably see by the end of the week, this dog that maybe didn't know how to stay at all will be laying there and staying for however long you want them to, which is absolutely wonderful. And as I said before, that normally makes them a bit calmer they become more responsive to you. It's a, it's a wonderful thing for them. And what's happening is doing this, doing this down and staying for that long a time is a lot of mental stimulation for a dog. And mental stimulation in a lot of cases is, be, is better for them and tires them out more and gives them more exercise, if you will, than actual physical stimulation, running around, playing, catching a ball, um, and fetching, so on. So that is something that is great for them, this mental exercise. It will help them become, as I said, calmer and be just a little bit more well-adjusted regardless of how they are when you start out. So I highly suggest that you do this. After the first week, once they've kind of gotten the idea, you don't have to continue to do it every day. But I would recommend that you continue to do it at least every other day to to kind of keep that up, keep them getting that mental stimulation. It's kind of, it, it gets to be kind of the equivalent of their walk or their, you know, playtime at the dog park insofar as what it, what it actually does for them as being exercise um, every, every day or at least most days. So it's a, it's a great, great thing. Uh, and then another, another side bonus, one, one um, thing that we like to use it for here 
is our dogs do their 30-minute down stay while we're eating dinner. So, yay, that way. We'll have them walking on our heads while we're trying to eat. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And because and because I do train them, you know, I've tried very hard to get them to look at me and concentrate on me. So I don't want to turn around and yell at them for begging because that would be sending mixed signals. So this way it gets them kind of out of, out of the room, out of the way, um, out from under the table where they would like to be gathering, you know, any little morsels that might fall. Um, and also reinforces that 30-minute downstay, their mental exercise for the day. Right on. And it's funny because um, another small anecdote about the dogs that uh, uh, Tara's sister, Bailey, stayed with us for a little while. And that dog was really, really hyper and out of control. And well, but my, my, my sister's dog was Bailey. My sister wasn't Bailey. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. I think I said that right. Uh, and we did the 30-minute downstay while we were dog-sitting and the Tara's sister saw a difference right away when she came home. It was amazing. Yes, it it really is amazing. It just it just puts them in another another mind frame altogether, and it's a good mind frame for them to have. Um, that's it. It seems to you know to help them be happier, calmer dogs. And they'll you know they'll sit there with their tails wagging during the downstay once they figure out what it is they want from you. And then they're so proud of themselves. Oh look 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 what I'm doing. So it's really neat. And actually, um, it's nice because wherever we go, if we go visit friends or relatives, we can go ahead and during dinner when everybody else is trying to figure out how to get dogs from jumping in their lap or that kind of thing, we just go ahead and tell our dogs to go downstay um, over a little bit away from us. And everybody's very impressed. So it's a good party trick, too. Oh, and it's, it's very useful. I mean, you have the door will come open for some reason. You can't get your dog into a crate. You're downing them, and you know they're not going to get up, you know, and you can handle it. I mean, just it goes, the list goes on and on. Yes, there, there's there's all kinds of benefits, um, but the best one is the one that actually, you know, is your dog and their, you know, and their reaction. It's a very, it's also a great tool to use for um, for discipline, um, and I don't I don't say necessarily punishment, but what if your dog if your dog is acting up and they're not doing the correct things, if you go ahead and put them in their thirty minute down stay. It kind of gives them gives them a little reset, and when they when they do get back up, they do tend to be a bit better behaved. So that so that's a good one as well. But all right, so I think we're at the end of our show. Uh, we've talked a little bit about Noah's wish. Uh, be sure to check that out. And also, if you don't already do this exercise, then go ahead and give the downstay a try with your dogs and let us know how it goes. And while we're on that tack, you know, please do write into us. We love getting emails from our listeners. And that's a great way for us to interact with you guys as well as also putting out the show. But if you send us stories, we'd love to read some on the air. We'll also answer any questions that you have um, about about your dogs or maybe if you're looking for a suggestion for something for your dogs. We're happy to, to look at that and discuss that on the show as well. Also, we love pictures from our listeners of all of, all of our listeners' dogs. We have a gallery that we've set up that you can look at. So that's really great to look at all of the cute dogs. So send yours in and we can add them into that. We love hearing from you. And last but not least, it's nearing the end of the month. And last month we had talked a lot about Podcast Alley and asked for our listeners to go there to vote for us, which you guys did. And so we were in a really good spot. Now this month we didn't talk about it that much, kind of as an experiment. We wanted to see what would happen. And wow, we were we were so very, you know, so very thrilled that a lot of our listeners still went out and voted. We had about half as many listeners voting this time without mentioning it at all, which was really, really great to see. Um, We were so pleased that 
you all think that much of our show that you would go out there and do that without us even bringing it up. But um, the first of next month is coming up really soon. So if you all would like to go out there and support us again by voting at Podcast Alley, you can do that once every month. All you do is go to our site at caninecast.com and on the right side it says vote and it's got a Podcast Alley link. You just click on that and click vote. Yep, that's perfect. Um, you, and if you can go there and vote for us, all you need is an email address so that they can send you an email for a verification. And you can do that once per month. So the Podcast Alley um, results are always reset on the first of the month. So that's why it's a great time to vote for us. Uh, get us into that top 50 and then we can be um, on the on that list there. So even more people will see us and we, we take screenshots. We think it's really exciting. So thanks for going out there and showing us your support. And last but not least, as always, if you haven't yet spayed or neutered your dog, please do so because it's the best thing that you can do for your furry friend. If you have a question for Tara or a comment about Canine Cast, please leave us a voice message by calling 206-338-DOGS. That's 206-338-3647. Or post a comment on our website at caninecast.com. That's the letter K, the number 9, cast.com.